Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Jen Otero. And this is Melanie Wise. We are so glad that you are with us again this week. Uh, so far this month, we have enjoyed a couple of throwback yes. shows. Two of my personal mm-hmm. favorite Mercy Talk podcasts that we've ever done from a couple of years ago with our UK staff. And we hope that you have enjoyed those. Um, we just, I, I, you know, I, those are two shows that I feel like I always refer people to. Yeah. And we just felt like it was time that we just reposted those and shared them again because we have a lot of new listeners mm-hmm. from the last two years that maybe didn't get to enjoy them. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed those. But for the next uh, couple of weeks, we are really going to kind of shift our focus a little bit onto the holidays because they mm-hmm. are here. They are. Um, oh my gosh. Crazy. <laughs> but, you know, there's there are just a lot of things that really can pop up for people at this time mm-hmm. of year. Um, and so we wanted to be intentional about the conversations that we're having. Um, and we are going to be starting a, a two-part discussion on the topics of depression and suicide and, and really just kind of talking about how those things can really come up for people at this time of year and yeah. making sure that we don't kind of sidestep that but really hit it head on. Mm-hmm. So we're excited, as always, to have Brooke Hills <laughs> back with us. Brooke, thanks so much for being with us once again. Yay! (laughs) I love being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we love it. Well, really, suicide and depression is topics really can be standalone, but Mm. we felt like for this discussion, they really go hand in hand, especially at this time of year. Between the holidays, the changes in the weather, um, there can really be an increase for a lot of people in the area of depression. But I found it so interesting when we were doing the research, because often you assume that suicide rates would also go up Mm -hmm. in the winter months. But what I found when we did this research is actually suicide rates are higher in the spring and summer, which you assume because it's cold and it's kind of yucky this time of year that suicide rates go up. That's actually not what research has found, although depression does. So with that in mind, it's still really important to note um, that while rates as a whole are higher during that time of the year, depression and suicide can still be a very real challenge for for people this time of year. And so even though rates show at a certain time of year, maybe it's higher, it's still so important because there is, for all of us to remember, even with the holidays, a lot of people really struggle this time of year, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why we really want to hit this head on. For sure. Because I think when we think about the holidays, a lot of people are like, wait, why are you going to do shows on depression? It's the holidays. Everybody's happy at this time of year. I think a lot of people, the preparation and all of it's just Mm -hmm. fun and exciting. And I think we sometimes forget that for a lot of people, this is not a fun time of the year. Um, And there's a lot of just, you know, maybe heavy or sad or hard memories that come along with this time of year. I mean, obviously we see that a lot with our residents. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've heard residents say, well, Thanksgiving or Christmas have never been good for me. They've always been miserable. I've always dreaded those times of year. And so I just think it's good that while maybe not everybody struggles in that area, there are a lot who do. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's a good thing that we're focusing in on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even to just the weather, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. kind of the temperature, um, the Darkness. grayness, <laughs> the shorter days that I just really feel like if we signed a petition, everybody could figure out a way to, <laughs> to make the time not change. Yes. I don't know. I will be Who the first to get in line. <laughs> Please. That. Um, but yeah, and you know, and that's a very real thing. I remember um, because what seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. with the acronym SAD. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. And so, which, you know, when you're in school, you're like, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, as, as I got older and um, I actually have this, this really uh, hit home with me I've, as I've grown and have friends from the north and they would talk about mm-hmm. like in Michigan. You're from Michigan. I grew up in Michigan, oh, so I'm yeah. nodding very right. vehemently. I'm from, <laughs> I'm from Louisiana where it is so 
summer and mm-hmm. then almost summer and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it and wow. if it gets dark two days people get angry and so you know I can't imagine <laughs> doing that in Michigan but she would talk about working at the university and having like a, a UV lamp Yes. Or something on her desk so that she said, yeah, people get really, mm-hmm. you know, like it's tough. And then uh, I, my cousin, he and his wife moved from Louisiana to West Virginia. Oh, wow. And they said they had eight weeks of gray. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they considered getting a divorce. Yeah. Like in that process <laughs> well, <there's>, because <laughs> it was so tough. And I was like, y'all better find a sunbed. Yeah. I don't know. You know, and they, of course, worked through it. But it, they, it was just so unexpected, you know, for them. Like, you don't think about that. But mm-hmm. it does. I mean, we need vitamin D. It's yeah. important. So so um, that if you're already sad, if you already are having so a tough true. time and then kind of the weather, it just all can be a it hot mess. Yeah. yeah. For it to be hard. Or if you're starting to feel that way and you're like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I always go simplest explanation first. Maybe you need to, you know, go no get kidding. a little sun somewhere. No mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. If all it ever is is gray or nighttime. Yeah. It makes it a little hard. Yeah. There really is a point. And like, I can think back to the point in October when all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, yeah. it was dark really early and I could feel it. Like I could yeah. feel it emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, I, I remember it took a couple of days before I realized like, why am I kind of like not as chipper? Yeah. <laughs> like what's going on with this? And then I'm like, oh my goodness, it's dark, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's amazing like how much it can affect people without them even realizing it. So yeah, I think that's a huge key. Yeah. For sure. Well, before we go any further, let's just take a minute to quickly define depression and then suicide. We always want to kind of start with that foundational piece. So depression defined is really just an intense sadness. It includes sometimes feeling helpless, hopeless, worthless. Um, It can last for many days to weeks and keeps you really just from living your life. Like there's not a lot of joy. There's not a lot of vision. So a couple things to kind of keep an eye out for. It can include a depressed mood during most of the day, especially in the morning, feeling tired or having a lack of energy, feeling worthless or guilty, having a hard time focusing, remembering details, making decisions. There's just not a whole lot of clarity. Sometimes you can have trouble with sleeping. Either you can't sleep, you sleep too much. Like there's just not a lot of balance in the sleep area. Um, You can have almost no interest or pleasure in many of the activities, especially those that you've enjoyed in the past. When you see that kind of dropping off and suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, I don't Mm -hmm. even enjoy the things Mm -hmm. that I used to really enjoy. Um, Sometimes, especially in the conversation of depression and suicide, there may be a lot of thoughts about death or suicide, um, as well as just feeling restlessness, really feeling slowed down, not a lot of energy, just Mm -hmm. real lethargic, weight loss, weight gain. And also, you know, it's always one of those things is we make these lists, you know, we go in and we do our research and look through the different things that can kind of be these hints or clues to things. It's important to understand if you have a couple of these, it does not mean that you have depression. But if if you can go, wow, I can click off a lot of those and I'm feeling it a lot for many days at a time and many weeks at a time, it may just be something to really look into and being aware that maybe that is on kind of the table for you. Well, and maybe something that could bring some clarity to that, I think, because I've kind of always looked at depression as kind of almost a continuum. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like you either have it or you don't have it, but someone could have it at varying degrees 
in their life. And so, I mean, maybe y'all could bring clarity to that with mm-hmm. your background and your experience um, as far as like, is it possible to have some of these and just kind of have them? Yeah. Like, I think I've got kind of a low grade depression going totally. on right now or full on. Like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. How do we draw a line or is there a line? Maybe there's not. Yeah. Dr. Brooke. Dr. Brooke. That's why we have you here. There um, is a line. Uh, I think one thing that's important is if things have have gone on in your life, so if if something sad or Mm -hmm. hard happened during the holidays and you feel sad about that, that would be called an appropriate reaction Mm -hmm. to a stressor. So if, you know, or if the holidays are, you're kind of the person that has to bring everyone together and just pray that your family doesn't throw things at each other at holiday dinners, you know, or whatever it is, you know, it's it's common to feel those things. So I think we do have to be careful that you don't Mm -hmm. self-diagnose. Another conversation that, you know, I just want to introduce and maybe we wouldn't really go into is that just because you feel depressed or feel some of these things does not mean you have a diagnosable disorder, right? right. We talk about this like there's something inside you that's wrong Mm -hmm. and that is not always the case. Okay, So there are people that struggle with, yes, clinical high levels of depression, um, but that is extremely Mm overdiagnosed. So Mm -hmm. what I don't want you to think is oh, I have depression, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I think it just invites a place for you to evaluate are there some things that I need to work through or mm-hmm. there's some things I need to heal from, you know, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. this is a conversation starter, not this is what you have, good luck. Because totally. that's been kind of res- the pharmaceutical company's message is, right, that mm-hmm. it's this. Because if we can diagnose it like it's a disease, does that make sense? Right. And yeah. they're not the same. Disorders yeah. and diseases are not the same. So it's good. I don't it's, know if that was helpful. No, but. it is helpful because I I think through a lot of conversations I've had with people, or even sometimes myself, where I've just kind of felt this like I'm just down. Yeah, exactly. And like I don't feel like I'm all in like need medication right now kind of situation, but I'm just like I don't know what's wrong with mm-hmm. me. But lately I've just felt, and you hear people say that a lot. Like I just have been feeling a little depressed lately. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, is that a proper use? of that word Mm -hmm. or is it no you've just been sad and heavy hearted a little bit you know like and it may just be kind of no that's the thing about words yeah right so I mean in practice and I know Jen you do this as well like so if someone comes and says you know I'm depressed I go well what does that mean for you yeah and I think it's important to ask people that well well, I can't really sleep and I'm not really interested in things that are going on or I'm just really sad a lot right and then you know again simplest explanation well is this a time that's really hard for you did hard things happen Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and you should feel sad we've also kind of been bought into the lie that we should be happy and feel happy at all times Mm -hmm. and that's not true when sad things happen you're meant to process them there's a grief process you know that comes with healing and it hurts Mm -hmm. and we don't like it but it is very important and what happens on the other side of it is really really good Mm -hmm. you know after walking through it so good and I would add too that you know next week we're going to take off mercy talk because it's Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. But the following week, we're going to kick back into this discussion and talking about the other parts of that can really play into this, whether it's a spiritual issue or that kind of thing. And I can think of certain times in my life where the Lord's even revealed to me like, hey, there's actually kind of a spiritual thing of depression trying to get in right now. You actually need to take authority over this, mm-hmm. break some lies, be aware of that. And mm-hmm. so we will talk more about that in a couple of weeks. But today, setting the foundation and the stage, but understanding there's a lot of different dynamics that can play out when it comes to this depression and suicide stuff. So... 
That's yeah. just a little hint for the weeks to come. Yeah. A little teaser. A little teaser. I like <laughs> it. So the other side of that, and obviously when things get extreme, is suicide, which yeah. is basically the act of taking one's own life voluntarily mm-hmm. and intentionally. Um, now, so we hear about suicide and then we hear about suicidal ideation. Right. Um, you know, suicidal ideation is basically can be anywhere from having thoughts of killing yourself to this being like a ruminating, mm-hmm. thinking it through, having a plan. Um, so for me personally, I think about it a little bit more seriously. You know, everyone's had that point where they think driving down the road, if I just ran off, mm-hmm. right, like this could end, right? But they're not hopeless to the point that, you know what? Mm-hmm. Suicide's a good idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really good option for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the continuum is. So a lot of times when I communicate about ideation, it's really, is this something that's moving you towards committing Mm -hmm. suicide? Right. Um, So anyway, so I just kind of want to mention that. And then, you know, a lot of times people begin to struggle with the thoughts. Right. Because you uh, allow what you allow. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes they come in and then no, you don't intervene. You right. may be yep. ashamed or you're like, where are these coming from? Or I don't want anybody to know that this is happening. And then it then becomes this what was once a, oh, I don't know about that. You start thinking it through, planning right. it out. Mm-hmm. What would life be like? And so the more and more that you ruminate on this, the higher chance of actually of that happening is. And that's why intervention is so important. And it's so important for the church to be ready and prepared to handle this appropriately. Yeah. yeah. You know, because a lot of people are dealing with this. Right. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, honestly, in looking at the statistics, it's I know. it's almost alarming. And I know we're not always big on sharing tons of statistics on Mercy Talk, but I think some that relate to this are mm-hmm. worth noting. It's true. Um, so statistics show that over 90% of people who die by suicide have clinical depression or another diagnosable diagnosable mental disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously the link between the two is a huge one, which is why we want to have this conversation about both Mm -hmm. because they can be standalone, but they can also very much go hand in hand. But with that in mind, obviously suicide is, is really potentially a preventable public health issue. And so 2014 is the last year, um, that statistics are available mm-hmm. uh, from. But at that time, suicide was the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., which was just crazy to I me. Um, that year, so in 2014, there were nearly 43,000 suicides, and this was the one that just blew me away. 1.3 million adults attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, according to the CDC. Um, and suicide, again, a shocking statistic, is the second leading cause of death in people from age 10 to age 34. That's crazy. The second leading cause. I mean, that wasn't like just for like teenagers. That's between the ages of 10 and 34. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just, I mean, I think we would all agree, um, or just the typical person would agree, like, yeah, it's a problem. But when you think about those numbers, yeah. um, it really is, it's it's kind of staggering. But as you can tell just from those numbers, attempted suicides definitely outnumber actual suicides mm-hmm. um, because males often choose more violent methods in their attempts. They're often more successful. Right. Um, but females um, actually may attempt it more often than males. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, I mean, those are just a few things that I think kind of 
you know, lay a little bit of a foundation for this conversation. And maybe even if people are like, I don't even know why we're talking about this, it's a big issue. It really is. It really is a big problem. Well, you know, I love statistics. Yes. All of these are really great. One of the things that's great about statistics is that it allows people to see that there is an issue. Like you said, like it's a problem. Um, And I think, you know, too, the thing with suicide that you'll see is um, it affects communities at deep levels, but also it's kind of like if one does Hmm. then there seem to be multiple like Mm -hmm. in school systems they immediately come in if if say you know a child's committed suicide they immediately come in with anti-suicide preventative things because they know when Mm -hmm. there's one there tends to be multiple because again when something is an option yeah it's an option it also quote-unquote runs in the family now you know the brilliant scientists uh, like to say that it means it's genetic Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly you know a lot of research shows that basically it's an option if it was an option for my dad it's an option for me right right? Mm -hmm. and the more and more prevalent it becomes the more and more of an option it becomes the more media attention attention it gets right so we want to be aware but then the truth is that it's like oh well maybe okay I've got I can add another one in my you know toolbox in a sense so we really have to you know the point is for the church for us to be aware so that we can intervene and the other thing about the correlation of mental health issues and suicide is that that means that somebody nine times out of ten is not walking around perfectly fine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this happens. There's other things going on. And so when it goes into being preventable, it is because Mm -hmm. there are signs. There are things to be aware of. Right. Very, very rarely is it. okay? we had no idea this was coming. Sure. Right. If that makes sense. So I say that to be empowering Mm -hmm. for people that like this is be empowered um, to walk beside people in this, Mm -hmm. to not be afraid when they say it like it is scary. Mm -hmm. And if someone is currently suicidal, obviously you have to get them safe. But the process of healing from that or walking through it and coming through the other side of it and walking them through with the Lord and all of that, mm-hmm. be empowered that, you know, there are signs and, and that you can intervene. That's mm-hmm. right. That's you so know? good, Rug. That's so good. Well, you know, I say this all the time in Mercy Talk. Typically, it makes its way into every conversation. And that is the truth. The word says it over and over and over again, that there is nothing that's too hard for God. Yep. And you said it, Brooke, like when you're in a conversation with someone and they bring this up or you're struggling with it on your own, whether it's depression, whether it's suicide, whether it's both, it can feel so daunting and mm-hmm. so hard. But that's where we always, always, always want to come back to at Mercy Talk, that no matter what we're discussing, these really difficult things, and when you're face to face with these statistics, it can feel like, oh my gosh, how is that even possible to ever overcome? The reality is there is nothing too hard for God, but mm-hmm. it's only going to happen as we get to the root. And we talk a lot about that as well in our in our different workshops and in the different resources we send out. But the truth of the matter is getting to the root and what it looks like to really go, okay, in culture and in lots of different settings, we can really stay focused on the branches of the tree. And when you look at depression and you look at suicide, they would be branches. Those are those areas that we can kind of try to keep chopping off and try to keep behavior modifying and doing all these things to deal with. But at the end of the day, there's a root in order for someone to be really struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a root. If I get to a point where I'm not just thinking about suicide, I'm actually to a point of planning it. Or the fact that it's even an ongoing struggle for me 
me. There has got to be something that is that that is rooting into. And so being really mindful, even as we're helping people, or if it's a struggle that you're really acknowledging in your own life, like why is this even something that's popping up on the branches of my tree? I need to really get to the root of what's going on, whether that's abuse in the past, whether that's lies, whether that's hurts, like whatever it may be, really going, okay, why is this even having the opportunity to operate in my life mm-hmm. and getting to the root of things? Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like, especially when it comes to the area of depression, I, I feel like there's almost this sense of like, well, you just need to try harder. Right. And just stop being sad. Mm-hmm. Like, just stop. Just get happy. Like, quit. Right. And just like willpower this thing into submission. It's, and yeah. like you said, it just, that's exhausting for people. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, I just feel like if the enemy can kind of keep you feeling like I'm not, I'm never going to beat this, you'll just give up. Yeah. And the shame he attaches to these things. Right. For folks that are really genuinely struggling with depression and some of these suicidal thoughts, it is so shameful. Mm -hmm. It's not something you want to tell people. And if he can get us isolated and shut down and tucked in, it becomes more and more dangerous and more and more very real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that he does that... I've just noticed over the last few years is that he convinces us that this is our identity right? and that it's part of what you now have to deal with forever. Okay. And so let me say the caveat. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, I've gone to school. I understand that there are people that have biological and physiological so factors. That's right. Okay. However, they are a small percentage, right? Mm-hmm. And for the person who's like, but I'm the exception. No, you're not. Probably mm-hmm. not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Try this option first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I don't mean, but like how about we just consider that maybe you're not maybe mm-hmm. there are some things that can you know freedom can come from this so but, true. but I've seen that people who are literally at a place where honestly a lot that they don't want to shift mm-hmm. because it's become so much of their identity mm-hmm. that's right and so if you find yourself entrenched in that place mm-hmm. when he said like this is it this is how it will always be you know that sort of thing that I really go back to let's just consider maybe not mm-hmm. you know and it's going to be some hard work but if that's become a place of your identity, your depression, your any of those things, suicidal ideation, all that, that is not part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you're walking through that, mm-hmm. that is not part of who you are. Yeah. It's something you're dealing with. That's so true. And I, I think, too, one thing I often find, even as a counselor, even in my own life, if you find yourself referring to your issues as yours, it's probably become an identity my anxiety, my depression, my, my, my. There's something to be said about going, wait a minute, why am I holding that so close to my mm-hmm. heart? Why is that something that even in my verbiage, it's become something yeah. that's mine? That's yeah. just a little thought that comes to mind. just like your little buddy that's always exactly. there with you. Mm-hmm. No, it's the depression. Mm-hmm. It's not your depression. Right. So really being mindful of even just the way we word things. Isn't it so interesting? Mm-hmm. Yes. What we say matters, but that's probably a podcast yeah. for another day. <laughs> but I do want to say, you know, um, if you were someone you know that struggling with depression Mm -hmm. please 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 feel free to uh encourage them like Mm -hmm. if you're walking with somebody to go to counseling get help and i would say this over and over find a counselor that is a good fit for you to help just begin this process Mm -hmm. and if you're walking them through it and maybe you feel like you know what somebody i know and love like this has become an identity for Mm -hmm. them i really encourage you to say hey let's just consider what if you didn't have to live this way yeah Mm -hmm. And we can try it out, right? Because either way, 
it, it's but it's worth a shot That's right so now it's not working so mm-hmm. let's try this other thing and then if it's for you i really encourage you to find somebody who will be an encourager right. to you you do not have to walk this alone it is tough when you're sad and you want to sleep all the time mm-hmm. you know but if you can just send a text to somebody going back to that accountability piece who yeah. will walk you through whether today or a few days it doesn't have to be forever um, and just get you to a place to you know so you can deal with the roots yeah you know find those people who will be an encouragement to you so just making sure that you are in relationship and that's not even just like i've got some friends but like people that are in your life Mm -hmm. and that you can bear your soul to and that you can really share the deepest darkest places of your heart or the things that you're feeling Uh, that isolation piece i think is so it's it's so huge in this specific issue but i was going to say you know just as kind of a last encouragement and last reminder that you know if you're struggling with this again like going back and spending that time with the lord to to help him reveal what those roots are but i'm like that's for all of us yeah. i mean for anybody to say well i'll never struggle with that like that's never going to be something i struggle with like that's a scary place to be in so i think that it's one of those things that it's like that's something we all need to be regularly doing and to be just kind of cleansing those things that's in so us true. that need to be cleansed so that things don't take a root in mm-hmm. our hearts um especially with this one and so i'm just knowing and understanding how to identify hurts and how to let the Lord bring light to the lies that we believe or areas of unforgiveness. And, you know, I mean... I'll always go back to keys to freedom um, mm-hmm. whenever we talk about this because I'm like it is really the most practical tool that we have that we can share with people where if you're like yeah no I really want to do that I really want to go to those places then you know it is a great resource that was designed with that whole thing in mind like mm-hmm. getting people to the roots so that we're not just sitting here trying to fix 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 um, so I encourage you to if you haven't checked that out if you go to uh, mercymultiplied.com and go to our resources uh, the keys to freedom study will really help that um, but but the way we start that study is by understanding how to hear from the Lord because he knows what those things are. He literally knows exactly what hurts, what lies, what's areas of unforgiveness, whatever it is, he knows what's at the root. Mm -hmm. And so he will be so faithful to bring those things to light as you seek him and press into him for those things because he wants you to be free. It's so true. So he'll be faithful to that. Yeah. And I think that makes a good point just even as we get ready to wrap up. I think for all of us, whether we struggle with depression, whether we've struggled with suicidal stuff, but even on a bigger picture, I think for all of us, even from the most healthy, wonderful families, there's still stuff that can Mm -hmm. kick up this time of year, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. And so really just being intentional and mindful as the holidays are around in the corner, even next week to go, okay, Lord, I'm going to get some extra time with you. Is there anything I need to be aware of? Is there anything you want to highlight? Is there anything I need to pray through? Just even in preparation for being around family and being in the holidays, I think that's so, so helpful for all of us. So before we wrap up, let's go ahead and just pray for our listeners. Does that sound good? Yes. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for our listeners. We thank you, God, for just the chance, God, just the honor, the opportunity that it is to be a voice, Lord, in their lives, Lord, to genuinely bring, Father, your heart and your truth and your revelation, Father, is our desire and our prayer every time, God, that you would speak through us. And so we want to pray for every listener, God, whether they're listening to the show or they've listened in the past or they'll listen in the future, we pray for them, Father, as they round the corner into Thanksgiving. We thank Mm -hmm. you for going before them. We thank you that you know every detail, God, and that if there is some areas, God, that you need to speak to, we pray that you would do that, that they would give you that space. But we also just pray, Father, that this holiday, God, the Thanksgiving holiday and moving into the Christmas holiday here in a couple weeks, we thank you, God, that you are going before, that you're making every crooked place straight, God, but that you're also meeting them, Lord, and allowing the holidays to be perhaps the best they've ever experienced. And so we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done, and we bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we will talk with you again in a couple weeks. Join us then. Thank you.